Welcome back to the Vibes by Alicia podcast. I am so grateful that you're here because I designed this podcast to empower all of you to be so inspirational that other people crave your vibes. And I'm so ready for this episode, you guys, because everybody's always asking me about our real estate, uh, what we do when we do investment properties, when we do um, flips or when we're doing uh, rentals. I mean, people always have questions. And so today I am so grateful to be here with our real estate guy, Elmer Garcia. Welcome to the podcast, Elmer. I think people know a lot about you by now because we're always promoting you every single episode. Everybody knows who you are and what, we, what, what you do for us. Because honestly, seriously, not many people can hang with us. And you are one of those people that can. And awesome. I'm so grateful for that. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank I you think Elmer's the, Elmer's the only person that can hang with us. I think I so, maybe. Else <laughs> inspired us. And so, yeah, the episode today is the funny, the bad, and the crazy in selling and buying real estate. Because, y'all, we have stories. Yes, we do. We do have some stories. We have and plenty of stories. Yeah. Rusks got started on the stories 30 minutes ago, and I'm like, yeah. save the stories for the episode. Well, you I can't just, help I, yourself. I, I can't help myself. I never follow the rules. I don't follow directions. You I need to start. My own rules, my so own at some directions. point, you need to start following. But I got Elmer warmed up. He's ready to go. <laughs> Not that Elmer needs much warming up because no. he can, he can, he's like zero to 60 within like half a second. That's right. Yeah. That's and our right. journey in real estate started in 2020. COVID kind of threw us in. And uh, Rusk and I were, I think it was probably March or April. No, 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 no. It was June 2020. And uh, we were just looking at each other and we were like, Oh my God, I am so bored. What can we do to pass time? This is ridiculous. We couldn't be at home. We're both actually uh, movers. Like we need to be mm -hmm. moving and doing stuff, Elmer. Like we could not be at home in bed watching Netflix all day. So you're just like me though. So I- We're the same. I, I've been in real estate going on five years, correct? And then I actually uh, started real estate pre-COVID and then COVID hit. And just like you, right? COVID hit, everybody's like- Oh my God, you got to be careful. You can't go out there helping your clients. You can't go out there because COVID's yeah. out there. But I was just like, I have to. I have to be out there showing homes. I have to be out there helping people. Of course, being cautious with COVID and all. But yeah, of course. I'm just like you guys. I just can't stay still. I can't stay home. So I no. got to be out there doing something. Exactly. And I think yeah, definitely. We we just looked at each other like, this is this is crazy. We're driving each other crazy. We Okay, so let's preface all of that and say that for the the 20 years, 22 years before that, Rusk and I were on the go for like intense, intense on the go for 15, 16 years of, of our marriage. I think yeah, it was yeah, like right. on the go, on the go, on the go and doing, doing to putting in 60 hours a week. Sometimes like it was nuts. It was crazy. I had my store and my store just took up my time. I was at the store probably from like 9am in the morning to like 9pm sometimes with oh, events God. and classes. So for us to not be doing anything, it was driving us insane and we were just driving each other crazy and i think rusk i think you're the one that first said what if we go out and look for a property and yeah, let's was, try to flip yeah it was because uh well the covid year wasn't necessarily that bad but we didn't have to didn't need to find something to do i remember in 2022 last year was actually probably our worst year yeah no but how we, we got started in 2020 right it's it's we just yeah we decided just to flip houses it was actually 2019 oh it's 2019 yeah. when Right at the end of 2019. December 2019. That's when we started, but we finally started our first project. In, like in the, really, really, really getting right, into it. in the early spring of 2020. Okay. Just, just imagine, right. though, you're starting your first real estate no. project, right. then COVID hits, and then you're like, yes. what do we do now? So that's that's yeah. pretty amazing so, that you guys stuck through all that, and now look where so we're you, at So you were a realtor for a few years before that. 
before COVID, like two years, right? Because you did five years now? Correct. Right. Correct. So then COVID hits and then you kind of, you know, the market was a little stable uh, prior to COVID. And then it kind of just like went, went off the deep Yeah, end, so, right? so so definitely right. So I, I've been blessed that I've actually have been busy since I started real estate. Everything's going good and business is going good. And then here comes that monkey wrench, COVID. I'm yeah, like, oh my yeah. God, you know, my business, where is it going to go? We, we didn't know where it was going to go. Was it going to be good? Was it bad? What are we going to do? But little, yeah, did nobody we, knew. little did we know, yeah. little did we know, those were some of the busiest times of my yeah, life. Right. Yeah. Obviously, we all know what happened during COVID. Rates went down. People started on a buying frenzy. So, yeah, COVID to me was one of those craziest busiest times of my life so 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 those two years in terms of sales how much did the sales improve over 2020 2021 oh my drastically so i believe if if i'm not mistaken i want to say it doubled it doubled doubled doubled, right for you personally personally yes personally. because remember i am i am a solo agent which Mm -hmm. one of the things i was going to mention here within the podcast i do i do have a team now you do i do have a team yes Yes. i was a solo agent i was a solo agent agent back then, then right and I have a team, but yes, I was a solo agent, and I believe I closed. I think it was like nineteen or twenty transactions in twenty in nineteen, and then uh, twenty I closed twenty one or twenty two. Twenty one, right? And then last year in twenty twenty two, I closed thirty three transactions. Wow, that's fantastic! For a lot that's of people, amazing. that might not seem a lot, but for a solo agent like myself, thirty three transactions myself that was. Pretty busy. Well, I think I think like ninety percent of realtors close less than five per, five transactions a year. Because yes. there's like forty or forty five thousand realtors in Houston, and yes. I remember reading even five percent of of on top of that don't don't even do one transaction a yes. year, right? So I mean, to do thirty transactions a year, I think you're, I think you're probably in the top one or two percent of realtors. Yes, what did yes. you say? Right, I actually am. I yeah. actually am. I right. actually was was. I was I was like, I wonder where I'm at. And I actually did the research and yes, I am actually in the top percent of realtors here Great. in Houston. Great, that's fantastic. So you had how do you get a team? How how does how does that work? Because I always I know Yeah, we have, see that all the time. We see that all the time. Do you have to do you have to sell a certain amount of properties for the brokerage to subsidize a team for you? Because that's not all coming out of your pocket, is it? No. So okay, so there's different ways you can build a team. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can go ahead and actually get your broker's license and go on on mm-hmm. your own and, mm-hmm. and build your team that way. And then at that point, yes, everything will be on your cost, your dime. Sure, you're doing everything. But if you build a team within your brokerage, right. you Currently, have it's a different story. Yeah. Responsibility still lies on the main broker. All I do is actually build a team, get my team name, which have one yet but yeah we'll get there yeah yeah yeah. And, and uh and we have different agreements with the brokerage has an agreement with the agents then the agents have an agreement separately with me that are under my team okay. right mm-hmm. and the reason why i decided to build the team is because as you guys know i love love yeah. love love helping people yeah yeah all through my career as an agent people will always call me elmer can you help me elmer can you do this? Yeah. i'm always happy to help people and yeah. Then yeah my wife being the the go-getter, and she's always pushing me to strive better for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't yeah. you just start a team? What right? a I'm wonderful like, partner to have oh, because that's a great thing right, to so have That's as what a I'm trying to get at. How do you start a team? Well, right. that's what I was going to say. Right. So basically, if you're going to start a team within your own brokerage, right. it doesn't really take much because, again, right, I'm not taking on the big responsibility as I'm the main broker. I'm just a team lead within my brokerage. Okay, right. So then I just need to have a different structure with my broker. Say, hey, look, this is going to be my team. This how the commission and a team is comp- this team is comprised of different agents, right? Correct. You know, like let's Correct. say three or four agents. Correct. So they're typically less experienced than you. Yes. Right. So yes. they're kind of you're kind of like their mentor. 
correct, right? right? But I'm not opposed to taking agents that are experienced as well because what I want to do is I want to build I want to build different avenues of real estate. I want to do real estate. I want to do residential. Mm-hmm. I want to do commercial. Uh-huh. Even eventually getting into property management one day. Right. right? Those oh. are di- those mm-hmm. are different avenues. Those are great that, goals. That, correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to residential, I love new green agents that don't know yeah. anything. Because right. Sure. I feel like they're malleable. Correct. Well, yeah. that too. But a lot of agents have been have been experienced experienced agents more than you. They don't want to listen to because they think well, they got, you know, that, right. but I feel like a lot of agents have been not trained properly, mm. have not been trained the way they should have been trained and not to, and they haven't just been given the tools mm. that they need to be successful. What does it mean to be trained properly? What are the, yeah. what are those traits? Well, what does that look like? Well, okay. So when I mean trained properly, there's certain things that you need to do to gain mm-hmm. clients, how to lead generate, how to follow up with people, how to have great communication with people, how to do all these things. A lot of mm-hmm. agents go mm-hmm. to different brokerages because they promise them the stars, the skies, and the moon. Yeah. And when you're there, mm-hmm. they don't really help you. Yeah. That happened. Yeah, sink or okay. swim. That happened real. to me before yeah. where I went to a particular brokerage. Mm-hmm. They promised me they were going to help me. They were going to guide me. And long and behold, taking a percentage of my commission never gave me that guidance or that right. help, right? Mm-hmm. So that's when I decided to go ahead and go on my own. I mean, obviously, I'm under my brokerage now, but I decided to build a team because I didn't want other agents to feel the same way I did. Of right? course, if, yeah. If you're coming into this 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 industry, you need guidance. Yeah, no, you, no, for sure. Right. You need someone to tell you, look, this is how you're going to lead generate, this is how you're going to get deals, this is how you're right. going to treat your clients, and this is what you're going to do to build Absolutely. your brand and your reputation. Yeah. So when I say training, I mean more of, more of, habits and things to do yeah. and not to yeah. do as an agent, yeah. correct? Right. So. Yeah. So, Elmer, does it take a different sensibility to deal with investors as opposed to buyers? Oh, yes. So what are those differences? Like, what are the sensibilities? What are special skill sets that needs to be implemented or, you know, executed in terms of a realtor? No, definitely. So when, you, when you're dealing with a buyer, right, it's just plain and simple. You have your criteria, right? Mm-hmm. You're looking at a certain area. One story, two story, bedroom, so forth, and then you go out there and look for them, right? That's just plain and simple. What every buyer wants to know, right? The schools or whatever they, the preference mm-hmm. they have. Mm-hmm. When it comes to investors, you don't have that criteria. Your criteria is you got to make sure that whatever investment property you're buying is going to appreciate, is going to gain equity. You always want to buy as an investor. You want to buy in a location that you think is going to gain equity. Mm-hmm. For example, mm-hmm. if you if you know of of uh, East End is building a brewery or if you know that West U is going to ex- yeah. have something coming, you as an agent working with investors, you have to be in the know-it-all because you have to jump on the opportunities before they flourish, right? That's yes. how people gain equity. Right. Yes. You jump into something before it becomes uh, uh, known to everyone. For example, I know now that within Fulshire and Brookshire towards Katie, there's yeah. new developments mm-hmm. going out there. So now would be a good time for investors to go out there and invest before it becomes fully populated. Again, I've invested in, not invested, but I purchased my home 11 years ago mm-hmm. out in Richmond. Mm-hmm. It has gained so much equity in the last mm-hmm. 11 years. So those are the things that I, as an agent, need to keep in mind for investors because investors want to make sure that whatever they buy, appreciates and it gains equity right, as you're right, buying Right, right, And as a buyer, I think it's important, you know, as a as a buyer to to know that our realtor knows those differences and, and is aware of those things and, like, can make sure that us as investors get the best deal. Correct, correct, right. So 
yes, th- those same same ideas as an investors can work for a buyer as well mm-hmm. because when you're buying a home, you got to remember yeah. buyers want to buy and they only have the buy in mind. But as a experienced realtor like me, there's certain things that you can look as a buyer that can benefit you when you're trying right. to sell that home later on down yeah. the road. Right. You know, for example, if you buy in the cul-de-sac street, that's a quieter, nicer street that actually gains value when yeah. you want to sell. Mm-hmm. Or if you're buying in a master plan community that has an elementary, has right. everything within that reach, that's a different value, right? So those are little key things that you can utilize for your potential buyers, but then it's a different whole set of things you got to look for when yeah. it's investors when such it's as an you investors. guys. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the the key. I think there's a there's a sensibility. Yes. There's a nuance to everything, and there's a change in in the way that we see things and the way right. we approach things. We just started a new uh, property not far from our house. Um, yeah, over there on the southwest side of town, over yeah. there on the beach at Eldridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and honestly, 2022 was a year that we didn't do anything because mm. I think it was a year that was just really rough in yep. terms of like trying to sell. Well, interest rates were going up and, the, or, yeah. and we were kind of still involved in the commercial side a little bit. Because 2020 was amazing. It was one of the best right. years that we've ever done. Yeah. Like, and when we started in June, 2020, we had properties kind of lined we, up. We had some bad experiences a little bit in 2021. We had a downtown property that didn't want to yeah, sell. Yeah, So talk about that bad experience. Yeah. So it's, we just, Elise and I are the type of kind of people that we just kind of try to have all our ducks in order and we try to cover all angles. And I think yeah. we got a little, uh, we got a little carried away. We got some success heading into that downtown property and we yeah. didn't cross all our T's and dot all our I's. And we were back then the realtor that we knew warned us about that particular street. Let me just return to that because by then we had already sold a few properties that right. we have flipped. Yeah, yeah, Southwest right. Houston, 59 South. Right. And then another one in uh, West Houston by Highway, West Houston, 6. Highway right. 6. And yeah. then, yeah, then we had some success in the commercial side. In the so, commercial side. So, so we had some success and we were like, we were like, at a high. Right, and then high, we encountered right. this property in downtown. Right, so we, we, everything was kind of moving really smooth. And, you know, we weren't really having any hiccups down the road. And we came across this property in downtown. And uh, it was on a cul-de-sac. It was a north. It was in. It's the, in the north, near north side. Near yeah. north side village off of 45 in Maine. And there was a lot of great potential out there in that particular neighborhood. But we just happened to pick a street yeah. that had a, had a cul-de-sac. It was kind of a dead end. And then there was, at the beginning of the street, there was a neighbor that was, you know, this huge, I mean, I'm talking like 600-pound guy that was all constantly eating nuts all the time. With and this sitting, sh- outside, sitting outside every time on we would walk, and he was he just like, and he was throwing the shells of, of those pistachios on the floor. And I said, I, I just couldn't wrap my head how I was going to get around the marketing. But I said, we were already into the house, and I didn't see that guy when we had bought the house. Yeah. We and were. we wanted to do a house on that side of town. Mm-hmm. We wanted to do something different for more of the uh, mid-century cookie-cutter kind of houses, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that the house we do were cooking, but this one is kind of, you know, that that neighborhood dates back to 1930s or 1920s. And that yeah. house got us into trouble and we just couldn't find a buyer. It was a very niche uh, market that was interested in that particular property. And and then after, you know, re- remodeling, rehabbing it, and then we had that February storm, pi- pipes busted. Right. Oh, so, you know, and that, we had to thing, go back and thing, re- fix all of another. that. Right. And then fix a sheetrock that was already up, that was already right. in yeah. on the roof. Right. And then so we had to go back happened. and do it a second time. February, so. 2021. So that added to the budget. And, you know, then now we're squeezing on the margins of what we can get for the house. Yeah. So we decided we, we tried it for a few months over the summer. 
uh, got a whole bunch of complaints, not about the house, not about, you know, the no, quality of the yeah. workmanship, but it was about the street. The street, the street. and, the, and yeah. the neighbor down the street with the, the street nuts. Number with the, the, nuts. With yeah. the pistachios <laughs> all over and, the place. And on top of that, the street was very narrow. <laughs> Two cars can't really pass. And See. then trying to get into that deal. And we should have known better. And we just we just kind of bit more off than we could chew. But anyways, it worked out. And, uh, but I think a part of it, Elmer, honestly, is because that's the neighborhood I grew up in. Ah, so I it. told Russ, I said, I want to come back and really fix these houses in this neighborhood because they're great. Like the house I grew up in was um, built in 1921. Mm. And when we sold it in 1997, we sold it for $35,000 and we moved to Spring Branch. Ah, okay. okay. So now the person who owns our house, he's trying to sell it for what, $250,000? Two hundred and fifty thousand, almost three hundred thousand dollars, because it's a very gentrified section of 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 the north side. So everybody's kind of coming in and wanting to like tear down, build on top of that land because it's literally central. Like everything is around it. It's a great location. But we sold that house in nineteen ninety seven for thirty five thousand dollars. So is it safe to say that you actually? Let the emotions, better I part did. of the emotions I get did. you. I did. And that's one thing working with investors I have learned. It was emo- the, the, It was an years. emotional purchase for and, sure. And yeah, definitely. That's one thing that you must and you should not include when you're, your investor is at that emotion part to it. Yes, I understand you grew up in that neighborhood, but uh, we live and we learn, right? We live and we yeah, learn. We learn, yeah. Yeah, and I convinced Rusk and I said, Rusk, this is the place. This neighborhood is amazing. It's, right. it's the new Heights area, and which it is right. because it's a it's a great location. So, you know, back to my original point, Elise and I can we got a little bit jaded from that particular property because we don't like losing at anything. No, we don't like failing at anything. We always like to win all the time. So, right. and you know, some people just have you know, there's kind we of took move, a big L. On we that took a one. big L on that one, but. <laughs> You know, it eventually worked out. Big L. We took a big L. We got rid of the property. We broke even on it. That's the only yeah. one that we've broken even on. All the other properties that we've done, we've made a nice check. Mm-hmm. You know, nice margin on the house. But that one kind of, and that kind of, you know, we're just, we're just one of those people. You know, we have extremely thick skin, but that one just kind of bugged us. Like, we kind of deflated our ego there because I have a gigantic ego. You're huge. I have an ego. This was a property I, I that you guys said in 2020, right? Yes. This is the 2021. Yes. Yeah. It was 2020, but it had, was cash flowing for about six months. The renters had moved out in February, so we oh, started okay. rehabbing it. Okay. For a while. They moved out, you know, a couple in December, and then we started rehabbing. That's when the family storm hit, and that's when it kind of backed us up by about a month or so. By the time insurance came out there and handled all that. Yeah, so people think that, you know, you're a flipper, you're making money, you're doing great. But honestly, it doesn't happen all the time, right, Elmer? No, it It's does not, not something that happens all the time. No, it does not. You know, I, you know, and I know, you're working with mm-hmm. other investors as well. Mm-hmm. There's so many, so many variables that can go your way or the other way. And one of the things that we've learned through past experiences is contractors make a deal. Contractors make the deal go south or north or good or bad, right? That's the good and bad and ugly of, of investing. Talking about contractors, that contractor in that house was a pain in the ass. Like nothing has ever happened before. Yeah. So mm. by the way, again, I okay, I just don't even I'm not throwing anybody under well, the let bus. Me, let me just finish but, the story. Let me just uh, that contractor was a pain in the ass. He was a thief. <laughs> he, he he was hiring, you know, shady people. But you know I'm glad you're taking over because yeah, I'm like Yeah, because really he had he pitched he pitched us a good game. Triggered right now. And it seemed like it was gonna work out. It was a good price. But you know, it's every business and we've been I've been in business for twenty five years. This is twenty four to be exact. That's trials and tribulations and it's always Correct. a learning curve. Correct. And no matter how what I did, no matter mm-hmm. how successful I was in the other business, there's you know this guy seemed like a trustworthy dude. He seemed like he had his ducks in order, and he didn't. And then there was a whole different character shift 
It was like he flipped the switch the next day. Awful. And then it was just like this whole disaster of an operation. And so we're like, you know, like doing restrooms and he's having a problem with our tiles. We're doing, um, we're redoing the kitchen. He has a problem going under the house. Like there's so many things that he just could not say uh, the, yes the, to. The tiles weren't straight. The tiles. The sheetrock wasn't straight. Was wow. Our restroom, we had a beautiful restroom, uh, or, you know, coordinated, organized. We had bought the tile. Everything was beautiful. They did such a shitty job in that restroom that we had to tear down yeah. and redo the whole restroom again. So, you know, you think you're tr- you're trusting someone who's who's from the neighborhood because I, right. I wanted somebody who knew the neighborhood Correct. well and could, like, really come in and... And the other thing was, like, I wanted to help somebody yeah, from the was, neighborhood. I wanted to help somebody who I grew up with. This oh. guy was our neighbor when I was oh. growing up. So I wanted Got to help it. somebody. And I'm like, yeah, this guy, I want to help him. Like, let, let's hire him. Let's Correct. do something with him. Could not pull it together. Had such a hard time communicating. Wanted money in advance. Wasn't doing the job. We're not giving you money in advance if you're not even fucking doing the job. Yeah. Like, that's just ridiculous. Like, the, the, yeah. where in your head does it I mean, happen? You know, you, you live and you learn, right? But I bet you anything right now, those mistakes would not happen to you guys now. No, absolutely not. No, 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 and not really doing much. And, and, I mean, we're exercising all the time. But oh, there was I think no, we the, gained, like, 25 pounds over was, COVID. Well, it's not. Oh, yeah, it wasn't that No, bad. yeah, I mean, it, was. Was, no, it was. Like 2022 is when no, we kind of was like, like, five pounds. No, it was, like, no, it was 20, 25 pounds. I know what I weighed before. It was, like, 10 pounds. Don't exaggerate. <laughs> and then 2022 is when we met, so then that's okay. when everything started. So. Yes, okay. Right. Elmer yeah. shows up, and he kind of makes everything go real smooth. <laughs> hey, hey. It, it, it takes a village. That's it what does. it is. No, it takes right. a village. It takes a village. And that's no kidding when I say Elmer showed up and it made things go a lot smoother. And and now Elmer, now we have a property that we're working on, that Southwest one that you had mentioned earlier. has a little bit of a crooked, you know, chimney. Um, and I need to figure out how we're going to market that because it's, I, I actually went to it's some back. It's a funky chimney. It's a funky chimney, but <laughs> but, damn. but there's some, there's a couple of houses that have it, but they're just Remember, not at that degree, that angle. Right. right. But we drove around the neighborhood and I even drove whenever yeah. you brought the question. I think it was me and Elisa were talking about it mm-hmm. before me and you mm-hmm. talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I told Elisa, look, I drove around the neighborhood and I've noticed that that's just the design of these homes. You know, the chimneys are a little bit slanted. Right. But you know, those realtors, the buyers are going to want to roll in. They're going to say, well, what's up with that chimney? And they, everyone's going to get spooked by it because everyone that's walked through that house has has been picked up on that chimney. But if you look at it, the the angle what the chimney sits on seems like it was intentionally designed that way. But the, the neighboring houses, they somewhat have an angle. They somewhat have that same degree of a pitch, but not as, not the degree, the pitch is not as, uh, is not as tilted to that. As tilted as it right, is. Right. But again, that's the way that those houses in that year or that, Architecture builder built them. Okay. I mean, all right. No. Oh, Santa's going to have a hard time going through that chimney. Oh, God. Get into the house. He's Poor gonna, Santa. He's going to get stuck on one. He's going to get on a diet. <laughs> I want you to meet my favorite bilingual realtor, Elmer Garcia. You all know that a passion of mine is real estate investing, and having a great realtor by your side is essential. 
Elmer knows the city of Houston like the back of his hand. And not only is he highly regarded by his clients, but also by the professionals in his field. I can tell you from experience that he is attentive, trustworthy, thorough, and detail-oriented. He knows what I like, y'all, and seeks out opportunities for finding the right property for me. His services range from residential real estate to commercial and investment. He will guide you the entire way. I can tell you that. You can email him at elmerg.realtor at gmail.com or call him at 832-512-5752. Or you can also find him on Instagram, elmergarcia underscore real estate. And don't forget, anything real estate is his forte. So I want to talk a little bit about like a funny story that we have. So Elmer has 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 helped us out secure a few rental properties. Yes. Um, we have a few. What's that side of town? Cypher, maybe? Elmer brings in great paying tenants. Well, man, they got personnel. Yeah. Okay, so they're and the great. Thing is, the tenants are from, from young newlyweds <laughs> to... Yeah. To old and experienced, old, right? experience. divorcees. Divorcees, but God, one thing that I know that Russ loves is they all pay on time. They no, they're great at that. But the other thing is... I'm texting um, on the first day of the month if you're late. <laughs> Unbelieve me, Russ He's will do giving. that. He will do it. No, he hasn't. So then literally the la- the the ladies, the tenant, the the ladies are like, oh, we're going to be late. Forgive us. Forgive us. We're going to be late for like a day That's, or two. I'm like, those it's are the human, fine. Are... It's fine. It's fine. It's no big deal. Whatever. But you, te- you tell they them it's end fine. Up it's not it, fine. Yeah, it is, I do tell them no, it's, it's fine. fine. See, the, see, the, this is why the combination between he and I is so important. But it, it is but it because he is so strict about things. I am the first. I am the but first. But I'm to very flexible because I know that community, and I know they're going to pay. They're just going to take a, a day or two to pay am, their rent. I am the first you to have collect. To, you have to understand that life does happen. It's not that they don't want to pay. Sometimes they it just isn't can't that they don't want to pay. Exactly. Remember that. I understand that. Okay, but, make, but, you, but you can't take the foot <laughs> off the pedal. No, Once you, you give them a day, then it's two days. Yeah, exactly. You give them two days, and it's three. And then they'll get used to it, and they, they will get used to the fifth or the sixth. So right. that's when yeah. we have issues. But they, we have they, these tenants that like they like have to eleven fifty nine p.m. of the first day of the month. Otherwise, oh. you get a text in the second twelve oh one a.m. No, but we have a few tenants that will text us all day, every day, and give us all the problems that are happening and everything that's going on in their life. And uh, you know, we end up becoming kind of therapists. Um, contractors like we <laughs> some of this like oh yeah like well, the, well, la- the, the, the lady, lady with the uh, yeah. the Forest Hill house the divorcee oh remember yes. her husband she she got thrown oh. out the, she she left and then oh, her husband no. threw the clothes on the front door yeah yeah that, you know yeah. not a funny story but it's one of those interesting stories I guess it you is. can say right her and her son living in that house mm-hmm. all of a sudden uh, I guess baby daddy comes back in the picture. Yeah. Lovely lady, wonderful oh, lady, smart lady, but wrong. wow. And I want to preface this, guys. We're not talking about these people. No. We're just sharing our stories yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. within our real we're estate experience. We're not naming experience. any names. No, we're not. We're not naming names. <laughs> but yes, that lovely lady lives with her son. I guess try to work it out with her ex-husband. <laughs> Things didn't work out. And the next day you go drive by and all of her clothes are right in front of her house right. for yep. everybody yeah, to yeah. see. I was like, what is going on in here? But the good thing is, though. We've built great relationship with all yes. of our tenants. You guys that's have, important. I have, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think that's a key that they feel like they can text us, they can call us and let us know. Because one of the first things she did was she actually let us know what was going on. 
instead of you going out there and finding out, yo, what's going on? She actually texted us. She advises of such. So not a funny story, but it's one of those interesting stories, I guess you could say, with her. It is. And I think one of the things that we've discovered as we've been tenants of, of, of few properties is that we have to keep an open mind on everybody's um, lifestyle. That's right. That's that's what's going to mention right now is that, uh, I mean, you know, she, we always wonder why people are renters, right? Right. Because you know, renting is ultimately in the day throwing away money. Of course. If you can afford $1,600 rent, I said, why not just do $1,900 in a mortgage or something like that? Build some equity. Sell the house. I get it. There's transition workers that come here for one or two years. Uh, You know, that doesn't really make any sense, but, but then there's people that have, you know, issues like this, and they're just trying to get away from a bad situation, a bad relationship. That or some people are just, they, they don't want to deal with the responsibilities of owning a home. You have to understand, owning a home, it, it, it's a, it, it, you got to maintain the home. You just sure. can't live in it. you got to maintain the air filter. you got to maintain the roof, the grass. you got to maintain right. all these things. I'm not saying that these tenants don't have to cut the grass, right. but they don't want to deal with, oh, my toilet is clogged, or, or, or my shower head is yeah. broken, right. or whatever it is. They want to mm-hmm. just be able to pick up the phone and say, hey, this is not working. Come fix it. Hence the reason why you have people that were rent an apartment for 20 right. years, 15 years. I tell them so, the truth, Elmer. On that one house where the shower was broken, what was your first thought? <sighs> that they actually had yanked it and yes, pulled it off thank themselves. thank you. Right, yeah. That was my <laughs> first thought, too. How, How can a shower head fall, fall off? off? It can't fall off right. unless you're hanging on it or I thought she was beating her husband with it or something in the shower. Something happened. Uh, or maybe, or maybe <laughs> something that we shouldn't discuss on this podcast was going on in that shower. I don't know, I don't know what it was, but it, it, was, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a wear and tear type thing. It wasn't, so, right. No. But yeah, so of you Of course, have, the plumber comes in and says, oh, that's normal. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, God. yeah, I don't, I've never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll get a lot of plug. So no, t- but those stories are the, are, that's the story that makes it fun and interesting. And seriously, people who want to get into this and want to do this and maybe want to flip See, houses and rental house. Yeah. I mean, just real estate in general, I think. That's in one general. Of the, that's one of the reasons why I love, love, love thoroughly what I do is because every day you're in this, it's mm-hmm. not the same. Mm-hmm. Every day you're going to experience people of different walks of life. People yes. that are buying a home that's $150,000 to a someone that's buying a million dollar, right? And that's what I thoroughly enjoy. I deal with different people of different walks of life that that speak different languages. I a majority of my clientele some Latinos. So they Elmer, speak is, the, is the $1 million client the bigger pain in the ass and the $150,000 client or the other way around? Okay, so... Yes and no, because I actually uh, currently do have a million-dollar listing, mm-hmm. uh, and this is the sweetest couple that I've known. But I think in order for your client not to become a pain, like you're mentioning, have to educate your client yep. about the listing itself. You that's, have to understand a that answer, a $350,000 right. home, home is going gonna, is gonna to have different challenges than a mm-hmm. $1.2 million mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. You have to understand, one one million or two million, three million, I consider that more of a niche market, which is a luxury market, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Those homes tend to stay in the market a little bit longer. Therefore, you have to educate your yeah. content. Look, you have to understand this. We're going to list your home. We're going to do everything we can to make sure we market yeah. your home properly, yeah. sending email blasts, circle prospecting. Right, right. You're going to do open houses. You're going to feature it in different types of marketing campaigns that you do. But at the end of the day, it is going to take a little bit longer than a $250 or $350 home. So I think it's not, yes, it's different, different, right. different struggles. 
but I think it all just comes down to the realtor and how you educate. So your what, clients what's, what's, what's the greatest struggle? What's the greatest, craziest, craziest story that you've had from a client oh. where it's like, well, this is absolutely impossible to deal with. Or, you know, these, the, these folks are just like, they're, they're off because we watch these real estate shows and you, you get oh, these people. Oh, we love those shows. And, and, oh, I, and, and I mean, these clients are such pain in the asses. They're so delusional. They, they, people always think their houses are worth more than everybody else's house in the same street. Like we said last time, right? When and the realtor always walks in there and says, I don't know what well, the comps are selling for $9 million, but you want to sell for $12 million, you're not going to get $12 million. They don't want to hear it because they think they're special. Yeah, okay, so... Again, right, like I said last time, we love these shows, right? But we have to understand and prefaces these shows are actual TV shows. They don't depict the real life of a real estate agent. And even when listing or buying a home, right? Again, I go back to educating your client and make sure they understand what they're dealing with when it comes right. to different types of price of homes. But the craziest thing that I've dealt with, I guess your question was, what's the craziest thing I've dealt with before, right? In real estate? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, an example, I actually did a double-ended transaction one time. Double-ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, you represent were, the buyer and seller. I re- well, th- yes. So, I represented I represented the seller mm-hmm. on a listing, mm-hmm. and we were actually, and I was representing him on the buy of another property. Oh, okay, so right, we, right. So, gotcha. we needed to sell this property in order to buy this property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I've done these. A contingency new, deal. Correct. Right. A contingency deal. Mm-hmm. We got to buy this house and the contingency that this was going to sell. I've yeah. done these yeah. multiple times. Those can be a yeah. pain in the ass. They, they can in be. In terms of timing, right? Well, they can be, but if you manage it correctly, right. it's not It's not, it, It's not. not that difficult. So right? what, was, what was challenging about this the one? The challenging about this one was the lender. Mm. The lender. Exactly. So, so what did the lender do? Well, so what happened is, I, obviously, I actually have a lender that I actually was referred to. This was a special case because... This client yeah. of mine, like you guys know, most of my clients, are, they're Latinos. They they actually make great money, but they have I-10. They're I-10 holders. I-10 holders uh, require a particular type of loan. So only certain lenders around town would do these type of loans. What's an I-10 holder? What I, is that? I-10 holder is... I'm thinking uh, of the freeway. No, 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 no. I-10. <laughs> I-T-I-N. It's basically oh, ITIN. It's the, is the oh yeah the t- the tax number correct right. that the government gives right, you right. so the you can file the ITIN ta- right ITIN yeah that's what you guys is that is that short and real true no vernacular what no ITIN oh, okay or, I've always called it <laughs> EITN. so <laughs> it was it was it, it was one of the, it was one of these loans right? right so only particular loan officers deal with these type of loans yeah. so mm-hmm. I have spoken I spoken to this uh, mm-hmm. loan officer had promised me that, yes, we can do this type of loan. Yes, we can do this yeah. loan. So mm-hmm. I actually trusted this loan officer that he was going to get it done. Yep. Here we go. We list the gentleman's house. We put it on the market. Beautiful home out in Tomball, Texas. Mm. Beautiful home. We listed. Gentleman is a general contractor. Mm. Everything in the house is fully upgraded. Mm. It has quartz counter, wow. quartz countertops, back patio covered, gas uh-huh. grill. Goes on the market quickly. Yeah. For as price. Okay. We get it. So, obviously, we have to disclose to the buyer mm-hmm. this house. We are going to go ahead and sell this, but we're buying this one, so we need a lease back. A transaction in right. real estate takes between 30 and 45 mm-hmm. days to sure. close. Right. Mm-hmm. But Unless you're me. Yeah, you, you want to close in 15, <laughs> 20 days, 21 days. No, 15 minutes. No, 15 minutes. Oh, well, I forgot. Yeah. That's right. You're on. Okay. I apologize. So, so, so we, we, we have 30 days to close the transaction. We get a lease back for 30 more days. Right. That means we have 60 days. So here we go. We get this house under contract. The lender, again, I'm always on top of lender. You sure you can do this loan? You sure yeah. Because this loan depended on the buy of another house. So he says, yeah, we can do it. So we got under contract with this one. We go out looking for another property that my client wants. We get this one under contract. Mm-hmm. Well, now we have 
the sale of his house under contract, and we have the buyer of the home that he wants under contract. Here we go. We close on the sale of his home. Docs are signed at the title company. Yep. Now we have 30-day lease back. Mm -hmm. These 30 days are going to be for the buy of the new property with this lender. Mm -hmm. All throughout the whole transaction, mm -hmm. lenders promise me, gotcha. promise me, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Yeah. A week before, we're going to close on the new transaction. Lender calls and say, we're having an issue. Underwriting just cannot approve it because oh. he has an I-10 and his work permit just gave me every excuse on the book. What ends up happening? We lose the earnest money for the house we're going to buy, mm. and my clients are now homeless. Holy shit. Homeless. But so, then they do a lease back on the house they're buying? For 30 days. Yeah. Remember, so we, we close on yeah. the first one for 30 days. We got 30-day lease back. Mm. The gentleman that bought his house, he mm. wants to move into his house. Right. 30-day lease yeah, back. Yeah, because so they already exactly, closed on it. We right. closed on That technically is but not. is this the same lender doing both transactions? No, no. Oh, because remember, I represent the listing on this one. Right. I don't know the lender on the buy. The buy was a different lender. Yeah, I'm right. taking care of the buy for mm. my listing client. That's where the disconnect so is. I, it, it, we're talking about the ugly mm -hmm. side of real estate. Mm -hmm. This is the ugliest I've ever experienced because as a realtor, I pride myself in making sure that Everything goes smoothly in the transaction. Right. And we've done transactions before. You know mm -hmm. I'm on top of mm -hmm. everything. Yep. I'm calling title company, make sure title is clear. Yeah. Yeah. I call my lender, make That's sure That's why we love good. you, Elmer. Yes, and, you're and, always and, 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 That's why you're our man. We have to make sure that everything goes the way that mm -hmm. it needs to go. And needless to say, you know, it's just they were homeless. Luckily, they had family here in town that they were able to live in. They were able to move in with them. And then uh, I looked for another lender and... We finally found a home and they moved in. But yeah, wow. that is the ugliest experience I've ever had. With so what was the issue with the lender? Uh, that they were they were backing out. They were saying they had an issue. I mean, well, there's there's a disconnect there between okay, the entire so number. I'm gonna make a very long story short here. Yeah. Every time people actually that have I-10 holders, they have work permits. Mm -hmm. Work permits are issued by the government. You know, right? Certain certain countries, Honduras, El Salvador, uh, Costa Rica, these permits actually because of COVID got renewed automatically automatically got renewed if you go on the website it You're says travel to go fix it. Co correct therefore they had an expired mm. work permit right mm -hmm. but this was told to the lender hey right. i i10 holder or itin how you like to call it yeah. it has a work permit is expired but here is the web page in the government that says this has been extended for two more years yeah all this was given to the lender and he said yes we can do it but a week or two before closing, underwriting. the underwriting had an issue. Depends with, the pusher in the back. Correct. The ball had an guy issue, with the... Had an issue with the work permit being expired. Mm -hmm. Although we had the letter stating that these were already. Right. Uh, but they're uh, making exceptions for the expiration. Correct. Right. But they couldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. Because they had to have the, uh, oh my God. Yes. So, so that, they, can, they can't use, they can't, they can't adjust to the current. At the current world at that time. Correct. Right. Correct. Everything, everything, everything shut down. Everything, everything, everything changed. Everything upside Correct. down. Right. Everything changed right. for these people. Yes, typically you renew your work permit. You get it in You get it in the mail mm. a month later. Yeah. But with COVID, everyone just shut down for so long. So everyone's behind on getting these work permits because of that. But the thing that frustrated me the most was this was told to this lender. So, yes, guys, you know, you, you, you well, see. Well, the salesman, the loan officer, and the back officer are obviously oh. always two different people. And the guy selling you the loan and the guy in the back actually making, guaranteeing the loan, you know, it's that different is person. different. Different, it's a different person. Different it's a person. different personality, too. Right. Because his ass is on the line 
if the loan doesn't go through. Correct. And I think at that time during COVID, so many loans were coming through because the yes. market was so super hot. Yes. It was easy for him to throw one out because Correct. so much. Correct. Today, I bet you he would have taken that loan, if, oh, even if the, rule, if the rules were the same. Because now, 100%. because now we have friends that are loan officers; they're all dying now, for work. Exactly. Now they're they're asking people for loans. Give me, send me a loan, yeah. send me a loan. Back right. then, they had a plethora of loans. Right. They were closing 10, 20, 30 loans a month. Now that they don't have one, yeah. they wish they had this one back. But at the end of the day, right, this goes to show that you know one thing yeah. that, that that people always have this mentality that real estate's Real estate agents don't do work and they get paid too much. And this right here—that's mostly that's mostly the case, Elmer. But, but you, Elmer, you're an exception to. But the th- the thing is, this the rest. A lot of people don't understand that there's so much that goes on behind closed doors that clients will never know that is happening. Mm. But we as agents, or I like to say, me as an agent, mm-hmm. have to make sure things get done in order for you to have your key. You have your little closing sign, a title company, and you're happy to go. So. That's just one thing that just bothers me when people say that agents get paid too much and they do nothing. I'm like, no, that's not true. We do so much, so much more behind closed doors just to make sure that you do get to the closing table, that you do get your right. keys and you're yeah, happy yeah. with your own, right? So, yeah, go back to the original question. That has been one of the I think ugliest. Elmer just plugged in all the realtors in Houston that don't do anything. So, yeah, <laughs> everyone needs to give Elmer, uh, you know, a high five and send him some business. Oh, no, definitely, man. The number one rule in, in That's not our is, experience, but, you know, we don't deal with a lot of realtors. You deal with nah. a lot more than I do. And I think, no, we've dealt with, we've, we've dealt with realtors who were but, not. Right, but he does it with a lot more than we do. That's yeah, no, business. definitely. I mean, I, I, you know, how can you sell a home if you don't answer your phone? Definitely have a realtor on your side that's going to no, come in there that, and that's, definitely. Man, it's a key. It's a key because, you know. Yeah, it is. It's huge. It's huge plus. Many, many people think that that buying a home and selling a home is simple. It might be in, in general terms, but there's just so much that goes goes into that, right? You always want to have a, lot, a yeah. second pair of eyes looking over everything you're doing. For a lot of people, you have to understand this is the biggest transaction they will ever do in their life. Yeah, yeah. Why not have someone that it's experienced that yes, knows that knows what they're doing to be that backup, to be that person to guide you and help you, right? Yeah. And I always tell people, right, real estate, we might post closings and we might post that we have listings, mm-hmm. but one thing that I always like to say is people see the glory, but they don't see the story. Yeah, mm. there you go. That's you a great the, way to put you it. You see the glory, but you don't yeah. see the story. Yeah. In order to see the glory, there's so much that goes yeah, to absolutely. that story to right. get to that point. People just don't see it, and people assume. Oh, I, I think that's just the. I think that's just that's the philosophy in life in general. Correct. For a lot of people, they're successful. Correct. They, they, they don't see the backstory yeah. that gets them into the glory. They just see that there was a, there was one step, and then there was a step of success. Correct. One to ten, they don't see what what happened between two and nine. Correct. Right? And that's one thing that I that I that I always tell people: Look, you might see the glory, but you just do not know the story, right? right. But I think that just applies to a, any, any, I mean, that. Anything. Is, it anything. applies to anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Life, uh, yeah. business, uh, transactions. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you see me, maybe I don't do it anymore, right, for that reason. But I used to pose, you know, handing a key to a client. And, uh, you know, I, like I said. Why don't you do that anymore? I, you know, I just, I don't like doing that anymore because people people always see it as bragging or, 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 or. Look at this guy. I was posting his closings. Or look at this guy. Yeah, the, yeah but you're it, successful. So I, what's under, up with and that? I, and I understand that. But to me, I, I want to be successful by my numbers, by what I do, mm-hmm. by referrals, by people that know that I, what I actually sure. do in my job. Right. I mean, wouldn't you say that's kind of like rookie stuff? 
It, it, it's like the first five or 10 transactions correct. and it gets old, right? Correct. I don't, I don't think more established real, realtors, they don't need to do that anymore. No. Like and the said, other the thing is, as an investor, as somebody who's on the buying side, we're not looking at that. We're not looking no. at what you're doing on social media and what you're doing no. on Instagram. What we're looking at is like, how how fast are you getting back to us on, on a yeah, question? Yeah. If we have a house in mind and we ask you about that house, how fast are you getting back to us? That's important. Right. Correct. Not how many because followers you have on Instagram. What, we don't give a shit about that. We don't correct. give a shit how many postings you're doing on Instagram. I don't, we, both of us, Risk and or I don't care about that. how many people follow you. Yeah, or how many people follow that. you right. or who you're, what, what organizations you're part of. We're looking for quality followers, not quantity. We're there looking for quality. That, there are people that have 50,000 followers. We're 49,500. bots. Are, are bots, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's bots. Right. Yes, 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 yes. They put their body out there and they're like thinking they're super cute and adorable. No, I don't right. give a shit about that. We're looking for that. quality followers because if we have 5,000 followers, but 100 of them call to action, 100 of them, you know, do something, exactly. that's all we need. We don't need, we don't need 100,000 followers. That's because then most of most of those people are just they're just following you because they like your stuff, Correct. but they're not going to actually do anything for you Correct. or, or yeah. with you. Yeah, no, and I think on the on the other side is you know, I see agents all the time posting their houses, posting their deals, and who they're doing deals with. But honestly, guys, if you are wanting to attract investors and people that are serious about putting money into you, be a serious person on social. Be a person, be a, be about it. Be a person that's posting, quality. you know, quality content. Meaningful. Do not be posting selfies because we're not going to go with you. If you're, we're looking at a house, we're definitely not going to go. We're going to go with somebody that's posting something that's of quality, of substance, that's posting photos of the property, not posting photos of themselves, that are posting um, uh, photos of the, of the area around there, Correct. things that are going on, the schools Correct. around there. What's, what's the shopping? What is, what's going on what, around what that area? What adds value to the property? What is adding value? To where we can resell the property. Because you guys could be super cute and beautiful and gorgeous and adorable, but we're not going to give you business if, if you're not giving us a right. substance. Correct. Like if you're not backing up what you're doing. And don't and don't and don't shove down properties our throat where you know Absolutely. very well we can't make money on. Do your research before Thank you. you send us a property that there's actually margin to be had. Correct. And get 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 to know the numbers of what construction costs. Go through the property itself because we'll make the transaction very easy. And as Elmer knows, yeah. we're seven day yeah. closers. We're all cash. We'll throw it out there. We bear all the mm -hmm. risk. But there has to be margin for us. I mean, we're not greedy. We're not looking for 100% margin. We're looking for no, 10 to 12 to 15%, something Correct. reasonable. But it's quick turnaround. And it's not, it's not supposed to be, you know, sexy. People get into this flipping and they, they get bogged down and, you know, the colors and all that kind of stuff. That's important too, but that's only 10% of the game. 90% of the game exactly. is getting the return on the, not, not the return on the investment, but the return on time. Because Correct. time is the, is the component that yeah. goes into the equation that gets calculated into your ROI, into your IRR, into your NOI. It's all about the time. The faster you flip that property, Correct. the faster you can redeploy that capital. That capital. It's the opportunity to cast the capital where you can do another project. You yeah. got to get your contractors lined up. You got to give them motivated. You got to give them bonuses. You got to give them deadlines. You got to tell them you got to do this, this, and this. Don't just and and that and that's how you avoid all these mistakes. We've had realtors in the past. They just send us a property, and that's like, and then they'll give yeah. us some bullshit of ARV, of like two hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars over the mm -hmm. over the prices. Like, I mean, it's not going to work out that way. Of I mean, course. No. yeah. 
I mean, the research before. Exactly. And, and, and like going back to, like you said, why people post stuff on, on Instagram or Facebook and all that, people will appreciate the quality of posts you do more than the quantity and how many you right. post a month. If you're educating your clients, if you're educating them, hey, you can buy this home with an FHA for this type of down payment, or if you do a conventional right. and you do this, you know, I, I think giving people that knowledge and giving people the information they need to move forward or get off the fence on Thank investing you. or getting Thank off you. the fence of buying a home, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people, and, and I'm going to speak to this because I, I'm a Latino, you're a Latina, you know, you're a Latino. Speak on it, You're a Latino. You're a Latino too. He's been married 22 yeah. years to no. me. He's definitely an honorary Latino. One of the things that, that, that I'm <laughs> very passionate about and, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to plug this in. I am, plug it in. I'm actually an incoming. I'm an incoming board member for NARP. Okay. Um, so uh, NARP is the National Association of, of of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. Yep. And one of the things that we believe in is educating the Latino community and mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. to decrease that 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 uh, that wealth gap within the Latino community mm-hmm. through real estate mm-hmm. through real estate and Latinos do not buy homes or invest in homes not because they don't want to. Believe me, they want to. They just do not know who to speak to, where to start, and how yeah. to do it. One of the things that I pride myself is making sure that I know different types of loan programs. How can I help you? If you only have an I-10 or you only have a work permit or you have a mm-hmm. DACA, anybody mm-hmm. can do a regular mm-hmm. FHA or conventional loan. Anybody can do them. I can do them with my eyes closed and I don't have to do anything, right? But I'd rather do True. the other type of loans that the Latino community needs to get off their feet to make sure they get this home and get their their dream home that they've always wanted, right? Many people come to this uh, country, you know, the the, the American dream. The, the American, American dream, dream yeah. for a lot of these people is owning, owning a, home. a home. If mm-hmm. I can right. help you and educate mm-hmm. you to buy a $150,000 home, by God, I am going to do my best job, even if it's one fifty. like if I were doing it with a $2 million property. Right. To me, at the end of the day, your $150,000 home is everything to you, and that means everything to me, right? right. So yeah. you have to, to me, it's all about educating our people, educating them, telling them where to start, Absolutely. how to do it. And yes, you can do it. It's a matter of getting the right person, a.k.a. the realtor, to guide you and tell you that it is possible. And one of our missions uh, with NARP is educating the Latino community and letting them know, hey, look, you can go ahead and do it. We can teach you how to do it. There are so many programs that mm-hmm, are out there mm-hmm. for first-time home buyers, yeah. for people that want to buy in different areas. There's programs for people that are buying in neighborhoods that are up and coming. Some of these neighborhoods people don't want to buy in. Yeah, There's different so programs, correct? So that's one thing that I pride myself in making sure that I know all of these programs so I can help all of my clients. And you know what, Elmer, that's important because a lot of the people in our community are sold on, uh, on the pipe dream Mm. and so many of them fall for it and Mm. they don't do their due diligence and they don't confide in people that are not going to have their best interest at heart. Mm. And that's one of the things that happens so much in our community is like, they will listen to somebody that gives them a call and they're like, I can do this. I can do that for you. Mm. And then it's a scam. It is. Right? And there's so many scammers out there. So it's so important that the people that have the right heart and the right mentality for it. But the other thing is, one of the things that keeps popping up in the community is generational wealth. Oh, And yes. the way that you generate generational wealth is through buying property. Correct. Through real estate. Through real estate. You, you got to minimize that yeah. generational gap of wealth. 
from the Latino community to other different different ethnicities, right? I think the Latinos, if if we would help each other and educate exactly. each other, we can do it, and you can become a very successful wealthy person in this country if we all just put our minds together and help each other it can be done it can and, be done and if, and if and if you're the kid of of parents that are looking for a house or maybe to downsize keep an eye on that guys please keep an eye on that because there's so many people that are out there that are looking to capitalize on somebody that's naive and mm. and and uh insecure yes. or not confident enough about the purchase of a, of a house I know for us as a family, my brothers and my sisters, we're always keeping an eye on everything our parents are doing. Why? Because they're easily swayed into buying right. into the bullshit, you know? And so we have to keep an eye. I mean, there was a moment where my parents like bought into like a fucking, uh, what a timeshare. Right. And they were, it was, they were so embarrassed. My mom airport. would not tell me about the timeshare that she bought into because they wouldn't let her go to her hotel until she went through this timeshare thing in Dominican mm. Republic. Oh. And oh my God, I was furious at that time when I found out because not furious at her because obviously she was oh, she was bullied into that it. Actually, she was her into exactly. I was furious because the the people at the timeshare would not let allow her to go to her hotel, which we had already booked ahead of time, because she did not go through the timeshare. Uh, speech spiel whatever the right, fuck that is right that 30 minute was, meeting yeah the 30 minute meeting and then you can go to your you. hotel and i was so furious and i and i when the minute the minute they got home and my mom was just so embarrassed about it because she was so ashamed i said do not be ashamed it happens to everybody we're gonna get rid of this right now and i called her her, her um bank her bank i called chase i called the people i knew at chase and i said you guys need to handle this Broad. for my mom because this is fraud, and they they lied to her. They told her this before she could go to her hotel. She had to go through this stupid fucking ass program where she had to sign off on something. And they mm. took her debit card, by the way. They took her oh. freaking debit card. Oh. I was so fucking pissed because they were ready to charge six hundred dollars, and they charged six hundred dollars on her debit oh, card, no. which is coming out of her bank account. Which, by the way, they're retired, so they're on fixed incomes. They don't have money coming in every month except for their social security. I was so pissed. I called the I called Chase and I said, "You need to delete this immediately." Mm -hmm. Guys, we have to be on top of our parents because sometimes mm -hmm. they will fall for that. And they fell for it because they thought right. they couldn't get to their hotel until they went through this stupid mechanism that they Same. set up at the airport. You know when you get to Cancun yes. and you get to the Cabo, they're 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 like fucking sharks. They swarm yes. you. And my parents fell for it because they're yes. older. They're in their seventies. They don't yeah. know any better. They're like, they're oh, okay, we'll go with you. They said yeah. to them, "Well, oh, this hotel you're going to? Yeah, we're taking you to that hotel." You know what? That they didn't take them to that hotel. See, they took them to another place. And this this goes to what we're saying right <gasps> now. This, this goes to say exactly what we're saying right now. We want to make sure that we educate these people. We help these people through all these transactions. Your parents were done wrong by a, a, a timeshare thing. There's so many people that I've helped in my exactly. in, in my right. career exactly. that have been done wrong by so many so-called agents i one story i'm going to share with you yeah. now that you're mentioning about yep. this i helped a couple again they, they were a two hundred couple the sweetest people you will yeah. ever meet in your life if i see them it's like i'm looking at my parents type people mm -hmm. right i helped them one thing that they came to me they were they were pretty apprehensive about meeting with me and talking to me about real estate rightfully so though 
once I found out their story, yeah. there was another agent that wanted to help them, and they told them, hey, you need at least $60,000 to get going with the house, mm-hmm. which was, by the way, is untrue. Mm-hmm. Untrue. After we closed them and after we helped them, I think they ended up putting only $30,000. So where was the other $30,000 going to go? God knows and whatever. Their pocket. Correct, exactly. So Their my pocket. So my point is this, right? I pride myself in helping people. And honestly, I'm going to be quite honest with you guys. A million-dollar listing is good. I love it. Who doesn't, right? But my favorite transactions of all time have been the people mm-hmm. that, that buy the $250,000 home. Yes. $300,000 yeah. home. Yeah. Why? Because these are the people that work so hard yeah. to buy this home. And when they get that home... Literally, I had this lady, the particular couple that I'm talking about, she was in tears mm. when I handed her the key. Right. And wow. she she prayed. She prayed in first front of me. First time home buyer. Oh, yeah. First yeah. time home buyer. She prayed. Very religious lady. Mm-hmm. She prayed in front of me. She says, Elmer, may God bless you, guide you. You've done so much for us. We never thought this was going to be possible for us. And at, at that time, I told Elmer, my wife. Elmer, you're a great guy. No, I'm, thank you. Thank you. Thank Besides you. Being a great it, it, it's, like, a great it, it's like I told my wife. These, these words mean much more yeah, than a commission to me. Mean yeah. more than a commission. Yeah, yeah. You know, we all need the money to live, right? right to, sure. to, 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 for our kids, to put a roof over the head. But those words, yeah. when she spoke them and told me that, I was like, wow, I'm in the right field. I'm doing what I need to be doing. It's, it's just amazing. So you, Elmer, have, because, you, you have the yeah. ugly and yeah. then you have the, of course. oh my God, those type, I love it, those that, transactions. Those transactions, helping people out is always priceless. You can it come is. through for people. There's no price yeah, there, to there's that. There's no price to that. There's no price to that. And honestly, yeah. it's 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 helping the people that have always had that dream in their head yes. to own this property yeah. in the United States of America. And once they get to that point, it doesn't matter how much the property is. Honestly, for them, it's the fact that they own that property yeah, that makes psycho- them so proud. Shelter psychological. Gives, Alicia, gives and that's why I get so angry when people take advantage of these people that are barely trying to make a our living parents, in their fucking life. Our parents right. were immigrants. Your yes. parents, your parents. Both of parents, our parents were immigrants. Saying, his parents, your parents, yes. our parents, they came to this country. Yes. My parents bought a home back in 1994 and they were done wrong by a realtor. Mm. That is one of the reasons, like I mentioned in my last podcast, well, mm-hmm. you, I got into this industry to mm-hmm. make sure that that, mm-hmm. that never happens ever again, right. Right? right? And that's why I love helping people like them because to me, those are the transactions that will make a difference in people's True. lives. I love helping people like that. Yes, don't get me wrong. If you have a house you want to list, if you have a house you want to buy a million dollars, I'll be more than happy to help. Sure. But those transactions <laughs> to me are mm-hmm. the ones that are meaningful, that I know that I'm giving back to the community, helping my, my yeah, Latino okay. community achieve something they never thought was going to be possible. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the good, the bad, and the ugly of real Fantastic. estate. I love that. And so, so We should try doing a million-dollar house one time. Hmm? We should try doing a million-dollar house. <laughs> I'm like, what? 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 Oh, I what? Mean, it'll, be, it'll be different. What? what, what? Because, the, because we can, we can, because you and I are very bougie people, and we like quality you stuff. You yeah. are bougie? Very oh, bougie. I very never bougie. knew that. Oh. That February, that February, 21, uh, February 2021 storm, Valentine's Day, really tested my bougie-ness. Because I had no power for three days. <laughs> oh, Russ was in our dining I, room I was, in our- I love the cold. I am a. I was born in the cold. I was born in Czechoslovakia. Oh my god! I love the cold, but I hated that cold for three days. 
because you can always go back inside your house when it's cold outside. Oh, we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't go anywhere, and we shipped our boys to our to your brother's house. Which thankfully they, they had, had, power, had right? they had so heater. We, we got yeah, that, we got that. We load. sent them over but there by getting unloading our boys and making sure they're okay. That's part of our bouginess because yeah. we, we don't know how to deal with that. We didn't know how to deal with two more people besides ourselves. Oh right? No, we had God. to go into my right. son's <laughs> truck, his Toyota, to right. warm up because we didn't we couldn't oh. warm up anywhere else. But, but we got sidetracked here. So my guys. point is, is that oh, we, yeah. every time we go to do an investment property, we always gravitate towards the better finishes. Oh, yeah, and then yeah, reality yeah, yeah. hits in 10 seconds later. So, well, that's not going to fit in the budget. Like, an ex- like the example of what I was telling Elmer today at the beginning before we come on the mm-hmm. podcast, we picked this nice porcelain tire, mm-hmm. but it's like five, $600 more per slab than the quartz tile, right? Mm-hmm. But we're always grabbing towards towards the nice stuff. Even <laughs> yesterday, you were looking at the backsplash, and you're like, "I know." She was finding backsplash was, for twenty dollars a foot. But as an it's investment property, you have to keep in mind right, right, that sure. you don't want to do flashy things you because it might not sell within that neighborhood. Yes, you, exactly. So we yes, have to be conscious yeah. about right, those right. things. So we told. Good tip. I was telling Elisa that always, you always got to tone it down. It depends on the demographic. The yes, market. that's time. my point about the million dollar home. It'll be so much easier for us. We can go all bougie on that because that's all expected there. Uh, It'll make our lives a lot a easier. A mosquito repellent system or what's it? Yes, mosquito <laughs> repellent system, yeah. No, you know what's bougie yeah, for me right. is oh, if, if we can get the warm tile oh, in the bathroom and you can walk on you know a tile what? that's warm. Oh, my she God. Wants those, she wants those warming, those towel warmers. Oh, the warm tile. Oh, no, yeah. but the God. tile yeah. on the, the floor. The floor, See, she the goes warming those nice floor. Hotels I take her to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. Four Seasons, and they have that shit there. And now she wants him on a flip. And now I want, no, I don't want him on a flip. I want him in my own house. But Russ is like, no, we've been at this house 22 years. We're not leaving here for 30. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. Is is it it time to upgrade Russ? No, if we, I mean when we're when once the boys once the boys Gosh. are gone once they, they can stand their own two feet. I've been trying to convince them forever. We're, we're oh, out of here, so it's not gonna happen. So I'm not no, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna convince soon. them, huh? Okay. No, 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 it's not gonna happen because that <laughs> motherfucker is stupid, stubborn as hell. But I want really? those warm is, floors. Is he stubborn? Oh, oh, oh gosh. God, no. And I'm stubborn. He <laughs> takes the cake. He's movable the worst. You yeah. know what, though, guys? But I think I think you do guys make a good couple. I, th- I think you guys can I don't know back. how that happens. I think, you guys, balance, I think you guys balance each other out. Lisa's cousin had very pointed words about 13 years ago at her 10-year anniversary party. Yeah. And unfortunately, we don't talk to him anymore. But he was a great dude. And I wish we talked to him because he was a great traveler with us. He was well-to-do guy. From, I loved him. And uh, he had said that Lisa and uh, Rusk are both hard-headed, stubborn, strong personalities. But for some, for some, in some way, they get along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it didn't click to me until he said it. Yeah, we do get along. Don't we? Yeah. One of because us has I to always, give in. And guess yeah. who? I'm the one that always oh, gives in. She needs to give in. I don't need to give in. So Rusk always he has doesn't to, give in. I'm, I'm the one I'm that gives right. in. He always has to win, huh? I always, always has to win. Right. Always has to win. Anyways, thank you, Elmer. So yes. much, guys. If you are interested in selling or buying real estate, Elmer Garcia is your person to go to. Yes, thank you, thank you, guys, for having me again. It it's is been always awesome. a pleasure. It's been an amazing yes. episode. We always love people that talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't talk at all. I don't talk at all. So I ran out of wine today, but it's okay. Uh, There's a wine bar down the you, street. You you ran out of wine? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, I, th- I think we're ending the podcast. Now. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate all of you. Thank you. Give us some feedback. Tell us what you're thinking. And then if you want to see anything else and listen to something else on the podcast, let us know. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Elmer. Of course.